1: How are you, kitties? Jeff, Tom, Director Matthew, and you on Twitter. It's at jcameronshow. On. Watching on Warchant TV really quickly here. Let's see here. I'll, I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll pipe the music down because it's a... Uh... Hey, listen, I've got to bring something to the show here that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Tom and I were talking about it today. Uh, I'll bring it to your attention shortly. Uh, other than the start of the first and second hours. I think we're going to have to give way to the uh, world of um, of licensing and not, uh, and not have bumper. We're going to do something different. It's going to be fun. It'll be an addition to the show, but maybe an old way of the show will go the way of the dodo, unfortunately. Hey, listen, I like what the music always represented. It's all from my music collection. It's all stuff that I've loved. It's all stuff that served as a personality on the show. But, man, we get zapped all the time. We can't keep doing it. it. It Now they're threatening us, even on the podcast for the bumper that starts the hour. Coming up soon with baseball being back, we have probables. We're going to use music for that. But Tom's right. You guys may not get it on YouTube. You may have to hear it on the on the podcast. I don't know. It's a toughie. It's a toughie, but this is just the way of the world, and I'm not happy about it, but that's the way it works. Greed took over. What do you guys think? You guys like it? Television there in the background. We dimmed it because Tom's eyes were burning, and so there you see now it's it's dimmed. It looks much better, I think. I think it does. Do you agree with that?
2: My eyes were burning. You didn't like Uh, how bright it was. No, correct. Um, the camera didn't like how bright it was. That's the most important thing. The camera didn't like it very much. You couldn't you couldn't see what was on the screen. Yeah. There's something that could be done there, though. I think maybe uh, some funny photos, maybe some show-themed photos, like a nice little photo gallery. I've got of, some uh,
1: nudes we could put up there. We could, yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: it. That, that's what we're looking for.
1: That's from my 1994 Playgirl shoot. Uh, I've held on to those. And uh, we can throw those up there, maybe increase the uh, ladies in the audience. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> Tom would be like, "Let me know when those are not on the screen."
2: All right. That, that will be. Uh, I'm retiring. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was thinking about Hauser today. I was thinking about driving over, parking, getting out. I think it's. I think we're gonna have really nice. Are we gonna have really nice weather? Is that what we have? Saturday? Not so much. Saturday's ugly. What do we got? Director Matthew, check the weather window. Uh, what, what do we have there for Friday opening day, Florida State baseball? We've moved on. You heard me from the last segment. We're done with the uh, – I, I don't know that I care about basketball right now. You know, we could do – what's the uh, – is it – Tom, you'll have to tell me what the – yeah, look at that. Look at that there. That's all right. That's not bad. Yeah
0: okay
1: a little cloud cover yeah Yeah, yeah, we'll be all right um do um, you know i don't know what we put up there you know when you go to bars there was a stretch there wasn't the uh channel that people put on in the background uh chive or something like that wasn't that a thing (laughs) yeah that's right wow yeah about that it was
2: what about the interactive trivia that was at the bars. What if you just had the interactive trivia rolling behind you with questions?
1: I love but- trivia. I'll be too tempted. I'll see the reflection to answer the trivia questions as we're sitting here. I love you and I both love trivia. But the uh, the chive thing was good because it had a lot of people falling down. I'm a big fan of people getting hurt and falling down on falling down on video wrecking on a ski slope and taking 17 people out with them, especially fat people. It's the best. Uh, I like it when skateboarders, uh, you know, think too much of their skills and break all their teeth. Uh, that's fun. I like that. I like uh, random slips on ice uh, where people live in inclement weather and are routinely busting ass just trying to go get their mail. Love all that stuff. That's good. Kids on Buddy. bouncy houses. You name it.
2: It's different. Um yeah, yesterday up here, depending upon what part of the area you're in, you got somewhere between four and fourteen inches of snow, and uh, the wind kind of converted it because there's a, a wind event always, always, forever, mm. a wind event converting it into ice. Man, you take so much smaller steps. You, you, we talked about this before, like reminders that you're old. You t- you do calculations <laughs> on things that
1: <laughs> you never on would. The playground
2: on the playground, you jump from one place to the other, wouldn't yeah, think don't twice.
1: Care. Don't care, right?
2: And now I'm checking every step. I'm going it's a little patch i could step on it but i don't need to step on it so let's we're going to step on over here and we're going to proceed forward i think what you should do with the television screen is make it vertical and then put the the photo of the rug chairman cameron in the background
1: i, I could just bring the rug in i don't, <laughs> don't know that i want to i don't that would go from the ceiling to the floor though wouldn't it that thing's a monster it it is big uh it, it's it's a giant rug made by prisoners of a foreign country working very, very hard in Tajikistan. How cool is that? Putting those prisoners to work for a good cause and weaving a blanket or a throw rug, if you will, that portrays me as Chairman Mao. It is. Like, think about how bizarre that is. You have friends at a place like Tajikistan who end up finding that you can get rugs made by prisoners through a service and it it ends up looking like I'm Chairman Mao. It's great.
2: It is. You've got a space over your right shoulder. I I would suggest that there's a a huge space over your right shoulder on the wall there, Mm. right next to the microphone. You could put the rug right there.
1: I could start eating those apricots after big wins.
2: You know what? I think that's why uh, the uh, the playoff committee uh, was allowed for corruption. I think that's why they allowed for corruption in the room was they didn't see the video. And they said, you know what? Tiebreaker. We did not get the video. We didn't get. I'm a huge Cameron show fan. He's not taking Florida State's season seriously. So neither am I. You know what? At Bama's in Texas, too. Let's do this thing.
1: So I want to give uh, credit to the person who posted this stat. This is football related. I read it during the break. I was reading a bunch of stuff during the break, and I came across this uh, guy named Neil Payne posted this, and so he gets credit. And you know how in the last two days, obviously, it's been a reaction. I'm just throwing this out here. This is completely different. Um... The reaction to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, obviously, and where that puts Mahomes, and everybody wants to place him historically, and then we know the numbers and all that. But here you go. You know, this is crazy. This is crazy. So, Tom, you'll like this. Since the 2001 season, 56 quarterbacks have led 125 drives in the playoffs, in which it was the fourth quarter or overtime. The drive ended with under a minute left to play, and the offensive team was either tied or trailed by seven points or fewer going into said drive. So you got it. We're talking about clutch time. We're talking about the biggest moments of a quarterback's life with a chance to tie or win the game. It's all on the line. It is the postseason, and there's under a minute to play. All right? That's Uh, it. Got it in a nutshell. 56 dudes that have done that? There have been, since 2001, 56 quarterbacks and 125 drives, All right? Of those 125 drives, only 50, total number, 40%, saw the offensive team score what they needed to in order to either tie the game or take the lead. So you go down and you save your season, you continue the game, or you win it. Now, obviously, the first that comes to mind is Tom Brady. The great ones stand out. We remember them. It's etched indelibly. Tom Brady went 5 for 11, 46% in that scenario. Drew Brees went 3 for 6, 50% when he was presented with those opportunities. Aaron Rodgers, in those situations, was 3 of 4, 75%. Josh Allen and Jeff Garcia, of all people, by the way, Each win a perfect two-for-two in that scenario, all right, two-for-two. Only one quarterback has been the absolute outlier of perfection in the stat. In his playoff career, Patrick Mahomes is 7-for-7 in those situations. He's never not done it. He is 7-for-7 including both the game tying drive at the end of regulation and the game winning drive in overtime this past Sunday. The average quarterback during that sample led his team to 1.7 points per drive. Mahomes has led the Chiefs to 3.4 points per drive in that situation. There has been the quick strike variety. The famed 13-second game-tying sprint against the Bills. And if you're poor Josh Allen, you're reminded, really, I gave us the lead with 13 seconds to play and you sorry bitches couldn't hold on to it? Good God. That was the 2021-2022 playoffs. He's also done the lengthier drives as well, including the five-minute game-winning March versus... Director Matthews, Eagles in last year's Super Bowl, the 13 play, 75 yards, seven plus minute masterclass in overtime on Sunday, where Mahomes went a perfect eight for eight in the air, 42 yards game-winning TD, also rushed for 27 yards in same drive with his legs. It's the stuff of myth and fable. Gets it. It's unheard of. He has been a cold-blooded winning machine when the time is at the most essence it could be, of the most essence it could be. It's crazy.
2: So that also, when you get to his legacy, and I know that I I shouldn't use that word because uh, well, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. ESPN loves about. to use. Actually, these days, 6 a.m. with Get Up, they will start with it. But when you think about the day that, Robert Kraft started at Orchids of Asia and made it up to the AFC Championship. What a big day for him. Big day because the Patriots did win that game. But am I not mistaken that Mahomes didn't get to touch the football in a situation right. where yeah. he, he could have gone? So, that was the overtime like, game to the, to the Patriots. Right. It, and it, it took another one happening to Allen before you get to a place where you know the, the rules had changed for the playoffs. Did you think about that and you think about how the average number is four out of ten times you succeed, and he's closing in on ten out of ten times that he would succeed in mm-hmm. getting what he mm-hmm. needs in crunch time. The one time he's been prohibited from the Super Bowl, one of two in his career, has been because he didn't get a chance to touch the ball in said situation. Like that's crazy. And that's he lost crazy. to Joe
1: Burrow in overtime as well. Mm. Did they have a possession in a playoff did- game? In the playoff game? No, I don't think they did. Mm-mm. Yeah, so so Joe Burrow did it to him. That that was the legend of my man Joe Burrow, right? He was like, "I'll I'll go into KC and drop it down." Well, and that kicker, yeah, 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 the kid from UF or whatever, yeah,
2: yeah, McPherson. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's the thing here is, as you get into and, and time goes on, we'll start talking about those things. The legend of Patrick Mahomes, like the only times he would not go to the Super Bowl were where when the rules prohibited him. Yeah, he couldn't get the ball. From doing something, (laughs) it's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, Yankees, you you have a one-run lead, but there's a rule here that says the Red Sox automatically score two. So, Mo Rivera, you don't get to go pitch the ninth inning. You automatically blow the save. Like, what? What is that?
1: Yeah, it's silly. I mean, I know it gets old and everybody would be tired of it. And I just did a rant on it yesterday about how tired of it I already am. But I certainly can be tired of something, yet acknowledge the greatness within. And that is what is happening. But I thought those numbers, when I came across that stat and then went through and read the rest of the article and thought, well, sweet Jesus. I mean, that is insane to be seven for seven in those situations and to average 3.4 points per drive in that situation when all the other guys combined average 1.7. It's, it's just... Here's
2: a question for you. I think I know the number one answer is if, if you were to have a knoll in college football to be in that situation. It's Jameis. Right. Who's number two? Who, who would be your second guy in that situation? Because this would be me leaning on you for more historical perspective. I was just a little kid who's rah-rahing all the way, but I couldn't tell you who the clutch players were when I was watching the Niners.
1: Well, in fairness to all of our national champions, you have to have a whole lot of what for and in, in in moments in time that are snapshots that every fan will remember to you in your game. Chris Winkie had them. Obviously, Jameis Winston had them. Charlie Ward, I mean, you know, that whole situation was born out of a comeback uh, to where, you know, you get the onside's kick against Georgia Tech and go down, and that's the birth of the uh, Kentucky Derby offense, and you do what they did. You know, that's interesting, though. I would like to go back and look at game to game for a career, which FSU quarterbacks delivered in those situations the most. It might surprise us you know you may end up going back to a non championship quarterback somebody who just did it a lot and was responsible for a ton of comebacks but doesn't isn't remembered uh in the same uh with the same fondness because they didn't deliver a title they came up short so that could be you know i mean as a starting quarterback anyhow um you know that could be a Danny Canal I don't know you know somebody like that i'm just saying people who had great success um there were so many good players. I mean, I, Peter Tom Willis was a really good player. Yeah. Casey Weldon yeah. was an awesome player and clutch. And, you know, you go on. You can keep Danny McManus. You keep going. There are a lot of guys that found ways to win games that maybe didn't leave the university with a title under their belt.
2: Yeah, probably. You know, outside of, of Jameis in the national championship, the most famous would be Ricks to Sam mm. because that, you got to have it in that moment. You have EJ's, you know, uh, play on Thursday night against Virginia Tech when they had to have it, that came after a fourth down conversion. That was Rashad green.
1: I know it wasn't the same sort of stakes on the line, but I mean, none of us are going to, you know, forget fourth and 14. Most recently, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. beating Miami is a big deal. And to, to convert that and to have that throw at the end of the game, to start that drive along the sideline, Jordan Travis gets credit for that. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. I don't think anybody touches Jameis 2014 season in that regard, but it's not the same thing as the last minute of a game. Like what the parameters that you're talking about don't fit. But when you're, when you put third and fourth quarter, gotta be nails. Like Jameis was always nails that season.
1: I mean, it was unbelievable to the point where you're like, this is insane. And there was, there, there were memes about it. You know, not tonight. Haters was born out of the fact that every chance he got, he made those plays and we all got to see DiCaprio lay DiCaprio raising the glass of champagne for the great Gatsby. It's just, Get you some. Always made me laugh. I loved reposting it over and over and over again. And how many times, Chris Fowler especially, did people at home who hated Florida State think to themselves, oh, really? We're going to give the ball back to that dude with two minutes to play? I think we know how this is going to end. Son of a! And it was glorious. Because deep down, even though we were nervous, I think most of us also had seen enough to say, yeah, we're going to win. James can go ahead and do this thing.
2: Yeah, uh, the best was what did it deflect off of for Carlos to catch the ball on the road at Miami? You were in the building that night. Was it somebody's helmet? Was it was, yeah, it somebody's it was a crazy
1: helmet? play. Ball went straight up. Yeah, that's hilarious. Right to Carlos. I know, and you know, I could see it playing out in slow motion. I was on the 50, surrounded by Miami fans, and it's just me and Matt Britton, and we're decked head to toe in noel's gear. And I'm like, ooh, a point because I see he's going to catch it.
2: That team was so complacent that you had to have uh, Ramsey strip sack early in the game. You had to have that fluky play, Aguayo being nails from 50 plus money, and then Dalvin and then Dalvin taking it over late in order for the in order for you to win. Like that, all of those things had to happen in order for you to. Uh, that team goes in the Hall of Fame of most complacent teams in football history. 2014, not not just Florida State history.
1: What's crazy is Dalvin's run at the end and where he flashes the 305 to the audience and they're all shooting him a bird and angry and, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. That angle is impossible. How does he – It's when you see it, you're like, oh, he's not going to get it. Touchdown! Holy Jesus, it just happened. Look at that. He teleported from the 12. This is crazy. Well, every time I watch it, I'm like, he's not going to get there. He, oh, my God, he got there kind of easily. It's really remarkable. You, he, he was a special player. It's Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to noelretirement.com. Now, that's one word, nolretirement.com.
0: The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
1: We were talking about the NFL, uh, you know, the, the, the Patrick Mahomes effect, the ratings. This can be debated, but. One of the highest ever all time for uh, any show that's ever been on television. So the NFL continues to win there. That's not what I want to talk about. Just a as aside. Here's something I do want to make you aware of. I think it's largely due to advertising with me. Social Kitchen is kicking ass. Uh, you know, you've got catering. You've got steaks. You've got all the good stuff. Introducing Wine Wednesday. That's today. Just in time for Valentine's Day, for those of you that celebrate, you can get a 10% discount on all wine and cheese, uh, including the the grazing boards. Who doesn't like a good grazing board? Treat your partner, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., tempting selections, 10% off, wine Wednesday, store hours off of Cary Forest there. Is 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. On the weekends, it's 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. I already told you $5 off per pound on any steak, uh, which was Monday. Tuesday is bring in your own social kitchen tote bag and receive 15% off the prepared food items. And those prepared meals are delicious, made same day, good to go, save you uh, and your busy spouse uh, the time and the trouble, swing in there and get you a delicious meal. And my man, Chef Chris... Killing it. And they're growing leaps and bounds. Go check it out today. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Hey, are we allowed to promote, Tom? I don't know. The thing I'm doing tomorrow? Um, For people, obviously, who are oh gold yeah, members yeah. and all of that. yeah.
2: At, at 945. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We could talk about it. Um, you know, if the question and answer period is already lapsed, but for those, uh, Warchant gold members, that's right. uh, Warchant gold subscribers, there was an ask Warchant anything in partnership with our friends at the battle's end. Yep. So that's very, very cool. And the first player, these are student athletes that you're going to be able to ask questions to. And this is in the renegade room of Warchant.com's message board. So if you are at that upper level of members, you can talk to the players and ask them questions. And it's through Jeff. He is going to be the vessel by which the uh, the questions are communicated. Azarie Azari Thomas is the first player. Azarie Thomas.
1: I can't wait to sit down with Azarie Thomas tomorrow at 9.45 a.m. and answer some questions. Uh, it's going to be fun. And uh, ask him questions. Let him answer questions, I should say. Wouldn't it be funny if I asked the question and said, hold on, Azarie, I'll answer that. That would be, you know, he might be upset about that, and the battle's in, would too. But that's tomorrow, and it's the kind of kind of goodness, it's kind of fun and games we have around here if you're a gold member going over to the Renegade room and asking questions to uh, student-athletes. Azari Thomas is first up. I'll ask those questions tomorrow morning. Those will get posted in that uh, forum, and uh, that'll be fun, and we'll, there's going to be, future guys on there as well, if I'm not mistaken. And we've been on there. You've answered, I've answered, Ira's answered, Corey's answered, we've all answered.
2: So the way to uh, get access to those features and some other things that will roll out as time goes on is uh, you go to warchant.com and you enroll in the ad-free tier. It's the ad-free tier. comes along with that. uh, You get an extra 5% off of every purchase from Garnet and Gold as long as you're a member, a subscriber of warchant.com. So there's a bonus subscription, uh, uh, or I should say discount for you And then things like this. There are going to be more players, so hop on over to the Renegade Room. I would say next week we will have an announcement of the next player, Mm. and that Q and A will be available for everybody to view in a couple of days.
1: Timmy Two on Twitter says at Jay Cameron Show, I hate Valentine's Day as well because it is also my birthday. Oh, I I don't know about that, Timmy T, Timmy Two. Happy birthday! Um, I would think that you, you know, could double down on the goodness. I mean, it is your birthday and Valentine's Day. I mean, it could be your night, buddy. Don't know if you have a special someone, but it was already gonna be your day. But we're gonna add to it. It's gonna get spicy, at Timmy T's. <laughs> Kids, you stay out with your friends. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know where you're at, but um, I hope you have a great birthday, Timmy T. He may be, like, young and wanting to go out and have fun on his birthday, but it's kind of ruined because it's Valentine's Day and it's couples everywhere. And so he's got some fellas that he wants to hang out with, but they can't because they're with their wives or their girlfriends. So that's maybe what he's referencing, as opposed to the overindulgence that I was thinking of.
2: See, the thing is, though, if you uh, are single, as I was for quite some time, and you go out on a night like Valentine's Day in your 20s, Mm. well, at, at that point, if there is somebody there, a significant person at the, you know, that they are no frills that they don't want any BS. They're there too. And they're the right kind of person. That's a good candidate right there. That is an excellent candidate to sit down, have a conversation with and see what they're all about. Because if they, if they catch your eye and they're there on Valentine's day night, having a brewski or having a cocktail,
1: you know, man, they're solid.
2: Right. Right. That's the right cloth to be cut from right there.
1: So tomorrow, the Genesis gets started. Wagers will abound. I'll mention a few. But did you see Tigers uh, unveil? The Sunday red looks good. What would you think?
2: Um, hopefully yeah. it's better than the Fanatics baseball rollout in terms of quality, because uh, Fanatics is now taking over MLB uniforms and they look like T-shirt giveaways. Really? The 25- yeah, they look
1: awful, awful. Yes. I thought they were only taking over the city. Uh, what are they called? The city, you know, the city. city Connect? Uni- yeah, City Connect.
2: So apparently, I was reading up on this yesterday because they're being widely panned. Yeah. What, what Fanatics is doing with these uniforms is that they're sub licensing Nike. Like Fanatics is the one that's actually making this thing, while Nike might have the brand. Yeah. On the jersey, not Fanatics. It's, it's a Fanatics product, and the, the names are smaller. The numbers look like they're terrible and, and made of $3 material. Like Yeah, it, I'm sure Tiger is uh, suitable for a more you know, yeah. well-to-do crowd, and they're paying for it. But, uh, yeah, there, there's a problem here uh, in front of us with MLB uniforms, which is not something you really want to mess with too much. No,
1: you don't. But if they are just the City Connect uniforms, I can live with that. I don't always like the City Connect stuff. Sometimes they're good. Pittsburgh got a good one last year. Oh, you're putting them up on the screen here. Let's go. Let's look at this here. So you think those are looking shoddy? Yeah.
2: yeah. There's a good example of uh, Miles uh-huh. uh and and what it looks like for the the Cardinals jerseys. But yeah, you can see they shrunk the names down. Mm. The quality of the patching of the numbers. It looks like it's going to you know fade away within four uses of the jersey or a couple of washings of the jersey. And uh, the players said that they feel like crap too. It's almost like uh, uh we've got an that issue, epi- yeah it's almost like that episode of Seinfeld with the uh the cotton uh versus polyester uh comes to life here
1: so the guy that runs fanatics and I'm forgetting his name right now, billionaire dude who's made uh gazillion dollars obviously being really good at this. he's got his hand in almost everything. it's the trading card business they did a Netflix show about him. he does everything from. Uh, shirts to, to to collectibles of all kinds, you know, in-game experiences, all these things, right? He's connected to everybody in the sports world. He gets invited to everything. He's obviously been a shrewd businessman and done very well. For them to whiff this much, he was talking about the growing empire and what he wanted to add. And and I just got done hearing that not long ago. I think it was on Bill Simmons' podcast, I believe. Anyhow, the point would be, like, they were pumped about this, and now you're telling me that this is the you know, yeah. The players are like, this is garbage. Get it out of Look here. At that.
2: that is that is a uniform. That that on the screen for the people that are driving around town. Yeah, around it's like the a podcast.
1: T-shirt. It's like a T-shirt.
2: What they give away to the first 20,000 fans with a giant logo of Nathan's Hot Dogs on the sleeve is now what it looks like that players could be wearing unless this is a dress. It looks horrendous.
1: So, yeah, there's the yeah. – players don't like it the fabric is a a very different consistency Hmm. I don't know though I will tell you this like this may be botched and be terrible and they may have to go back to the drawing board and they may have just wasted a lot of money and they're going to get a lot of bad publicity but I will tell you if you've ever felt a, a baseball jersey that those guys play in I've always thought that man those things are way too cumbersome there's a lot of thickness to those things it's 100 degrees outside for much of the baseball season what are we doing with all this on here it's Insane. Go back the old days in the 80s when they're playing in St. Louis on freaking AstroTurf and it's 120 and those guys are in those giant cotton. Oh, I always. Mm. Yeah. It's basically
2: a wool. I think they were yeah, made wool. out of wool. Back yeah.
1: Well, yeah. that's like everything that you see in black and white photos or the early 1900s. We joke about it all the time. It's all those poor bastards. The men weren't allowed to walk out of the house unless they had 17 layers of goodness on. It all had to be dressed to the nines with a cap. It's, you know, it's 107 degrees. People smoking cigarettes as you're standing there waiting to go to work. It's just, damn it. We're all going to be dead by the age of 50 and, and uncomfortable while we're here. 50 was actually, that was wishful thinking. I mean, my, yeah, you weren't living to 50. I just got done listening to, and I will go to break. I, I just got done listening to uh, what the world was like in this country before regulations uh, came into play on the food packing industry and the meat market. Now, I I know about Updike, and I know about certain famous books, of course, but I mean, this was an in-depth analysis of what was going on with just the milk in this country. They put formaldehyde in milk; they were killing babies left and right back in the day. It was insane. 400,000 infants a year at one point, dying from drinking them. Yep, 400,000 just from drinking milk. Look it up. Late 1800s. Awful. And they would try to stretch that milk out and get more. Oh, imagine that. Corporate greed. They were trying to get more bang for their bucks. They'd pour water in it. You know what water they were pouring in? From the farm pond. Stagnant with worms swimming around in it. Here's your milk, Mary. Good luck with the youngin. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. All right, friends, let's talk about factor. That's right, two-minute meals, fuel you up fast, factors, restaurant-quality meals at that, ready to heat and eat whenever you are. I use them for my family. I use them every day to eat nutritiously, but also I'm on the go, and I want something calorie smart. There are times where I'll go a week worth of factors for lunch, and I'll just go vegan or veggie. Other times I go pure keto. I can worry about you know whether it's vegetable uh, based or protein based or meat based or whatever it might be. They have the options for you all the way around. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout every time you do it. It's also flexible to your schedule. Head to FactorMeals.com/slash/Cameron50. I'm going to save you some money, guys. Do it up. It's delicious. Cameron 50. Use code Cameron 50 to get 50% off. That's code Cameron 50 at Factormeals.com slash Cameron 50 to get 50% off. Trust me. Delicious. You'll thank me. A lot of variety. Tasty. Factormeals.com slash Cameron
0: 50. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network.
1: Cameron show rolling on. All right, sorry, I deviated, went off the beaten path there, and talked about a bunch of other stuff that (laughs) got sidetracked on. But I bet you never knew that, Tommy. Four hundred thousand—that's (laughs) crazy. That's
2: that's uh, for that time too. That's that's a high percentage of babies. Yeah, yeah. The world wasn't overpopulated Mm -hmm. just yet. that is an extremely high percentage of American babies.
1: Stephen's funny. Why the Game Oregon Trail was so real. I love that stuff. Uh, reading about folks making their way out west back in the, day, the uh, day across the Great Plains where there was a lot to worry about. There was a lot to worry about. Starting with just if this stupid wagon wheel breaks. We got some real problems. This wheel its getting a little clunky on me. We're going to get stuck out here on the plains, and the Comanche are coming. This is not going to end well. This is a bad death. And then moreover, if they don't find us, we live long enough, they will. If they don't find us, we're going to freeze to death and or starve to death. And soon we're going to start eating one another. This is what's going to happen. This is our life. This is what we've got left, guys, all because of this wheel.
2: I'll tell you, Papa O'Malley was eating the kid, his teenager, who (laughs) said, dad. Why are you overpacking? We're just going west. You don't need another axle. You just don't <laughs> worry about it. It all breaks down. He's like, well, you. You question me.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. You. Yeah. I'm sorry, Seamus. Plus, you've always been fat. That's right. You're going to be the first we eat, you big fat ass. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a toughie. Uh, all right, so what do I got here this week? Uh, pizza money on Justin Thomas to win the Genesis. Five. Oh. Five to win 117 by the way he's finished no worse than 12th so far in a tournament this year have you noticed that
2: yes uh he was uh one of my picks if if uh, if i was gonna get the thrown over this way because he's paying out at three and a half to one mm. for a top five finish that's right. for a top five finish three and a half to one is very good odds he's playing well and this means a lot to him given his relationship with tiger
1: place the top 10 on adam scott who is uh rounded into form yet again 43 years old, looking 23 years old. Swing's still sweet, sweet, and he's starting to putt it. That's the whole thing with him. Make some putts, because the swing is always something to behold. Always. You place him in the top 10. You can get 3-1 to one on that. You can get uh, Wyndham Clark to sprinkle in there a little bit, too. He's played very well. And, of course, Aberg, formerly known as Aberg, is now Abor. Uh, Ludvig. Luds. Luddy, who we like a lot. Uh, I actually did pick him to win the tournament as well. And obviously, anytime you're picking somebody to win a tournament, the chances are you're not going to win the bet. But that's also pizza money. 10 to win, 210. Not so bad. Kind of fun there. I'm doing, for the purposes of the show, the modest bets, Tom. I'm not going to get in here and get into the weeds, some of the bigger bets. We come in here and we say, hey, five here, 10 there. You know why I do that? I saw a stat that the average bet... Uh, is less than four dollars. Who the hell is out here betting three dollars on something? Really? Sweet Jesus, get it together, man.
2: That, that's a I lot. I don't think well, you need well, to be is, betting. Those are people placing two dollar parlays all day long, hoping that they mm. that this is the last bet they ever have
1: to make. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just don't need to be betting if you're betting two well, bucks.
2: So Tiger, yeah, that's probably that's not going to do anything for you. <laughs> and if that gives you juice, I, I don't know what I that's mean, interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, you gotta you gotta have a little. Well, I don't want to encourage. You. Whatever.
2: So Tiger is basically even money to make the cut. It's minus one ten for Tiger to make the cut. For reference, for those of you out there, uh, it's minus two thousand for Scotty Scheffler to make the cut. So Tiger is on the very bottom of the totem pole.
1: You would think he makes it? He did something weird last year. Didn't he shoot two rounds in the 60s and then had the one blow-up round at 75 that cost him dearly? Uh, I think like 75. His two bad rounds were like 75, 74, and his two good rounds were that akin to some of the better players, 68, something like that, 66.
2: What was crazy is if I recall on the par threes, he was just a shot maker left and right. You're talking 180, 210, one set. doesn't matter the distance. He was hitting the best shot of the day across the entire field But, you know, there's that whole thing about walking the whole course and being uh, in shape enough with the back injury and the hips and all that kind of stuff to get through 72 holes, which he could not do.
1: I do believe that the Sun Day Red, that's how it's written out, will do well. Everything Tiger throws his, you know, logo behind does well. He's going to do just fine. And, you know, it's not going to be chintzy. It's going to be of good quality. Uh so he'll do fine. He'll that Sunday red thing. He made it with Taylor made. They'll do well. They'll get that thing out in front. He'll do well. Uh make the make the cut. Uh you know, I sure. On the number. On the number, Tom. On the number. As an aside, because people will tune out if we continue to talk golf. Uh What Scotty Scheffler is doing from a ball-striking standpoint has never been done before. It's the silliest thing in the world. If he could putt even a little bit, he'd win every tournament every weekend. It is insane. And now how in your head must it be to be better at everybody in every category except for one, and you can't win tournaments? (laughs) It's just got to drive you nuts. I mean, the strokes gain numbers on him right now are otherworldly. It's every shot. It's long irons, it's short irons, it's off the tee, it's everything. It's accuracy. It's everything you would ever want. If I said to you, you're going to be the best off the tee, you're going to be long off the tee, you're going to be the most accurate with your long irons, you're going to be really good from 100 in, you'd say, all right, take my chances with the putter. I'll take my chances with the putter. Nope. Nope. It's, uh. I mean, it's a whole lot of top 10 finishes, a whole lot of near wins.
2: Golly. A whole lot of money. you're making a whole lot of money, but yeah, you're not you're not winning any titles. this is this is the part of the year where it gets fun, though. this the Genesis is the start, and they go out to Florida. and that's when my man over here on the left of the screen, if you're watching on watchingN TV really hits his stride. You, you and the Florida swing, you have some good numbers that you throw typically in the lead up to the Masters.
1: I do. Uh, it'll be fun. I'll throw that all out there. We'll have a good time. And uh, I do, I will say this, I, for the first time ever, am of the opinion they're really going to have to get a hold of themselves over there in Arizona. It's just, thanks I mean, it for a wonderful collection of videos of people walking sideways into trees, falling off hills. I saw one that I, I posted yesterday with a, uh, with a woman slamming her head down on the side of a hill after slipping in the muck, which I'm sure was all of the inclement. All those things. Those, that is a blast. That's, that's fun, and that, I don't want to see it go away, but you can't have what they have out there in Arizona anymore.
2: Okay, so I've got some stats on this uh, in regards to the, the police department involvement in this particular tournament. So two years ago, there were 440 calls for service of any kind. This year, 653. Two years ago, there were zero arrests made. Last year, 18. This year, 54. I like that they're going by golf numbers, too. Mm -hmm, I like that they're mm -hmm. doing that. So should be 72 next year. Ejections, two years ago, 90. So 90 people. With the hundreds of thousands that show up, that tells you they're being pretty lenient. They understand what this event is. Mm -hmm. 211 this year and uh, 73 trespassing violations this year up from 14, two years ago.
1: Well, you can't encourage the madness and then get worried about the madness. You've just told everybody have as much fun as you possibly can. And they did. And then things got loose and people started getting hurt and there were fights on the golf course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the dudes trying to walk, walking sideways that I get a kick out of ESPN is uh what 7.8 billion six year packed to broadcast six uh years of the 12 team college football playoff that's the news that has been breaking this morning uh for 1.3 billion the average price of just one tournament you might be able to buy the Pittsburgh pirates same on you know that that's what you have how much of the 7.8 billion will be paid to players uh yeah right the details of the deal for ESPN still coming out. Could choose to sub-license sub-license some of these games to other networks, uh, according to uh, Andrew Marshan. ESPN will have control of college sports championships outside of the men's NCAA basketball tournament, which is owned by CBS. Uh, college football playoff board still has a ton to figure out. Terms are set. The deal is still pending for approval from presidents and commissioners. Uh, that includes those obviously that will be most affected by this outside of the sec in the big 10. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. This is
2: fascinating to me because it does give ESPN a leg up on the competition. When you're talking about, you know, do they want concessions about the greater existence of the sport? You know, let's say the big 10 and the sec are getting together as they are, and they're trying to, to divide up the future of the sport. Well, the sec has a bargaining chip at that point very exclusive table mm-hmm. because now ESPN can say, well, you know, we don't have to give you a playoff game, but if you want one, if you want one, your parent network, Fox, big 10, if they really want a playoff game, you better play nice with me on this particular topic. So ESPN did power play their way into a little bit of leverage. Then again, they could have the exclusivity that they're paying for at nearly $120 million a game. I think is what it breaks out. Is that to. what
1: it broke down to? Yeah.
2: I saw the number on that last night, $118 million per game is what this is going to cost ESPN to broadcast if they don't sublet it at all, which is interesting because NBC and Peacock recently paid $110 million to the NFL for an NFL playoff game on Super Wildcard weekend. Do
1: you know that there is a a growing momentum and belief uh, with industry insiders uh, that the Super Bowl will be be behind a paywall at some point? Yeah, I think so.
2: I think so. They're willing to do that. It's almost like you're reverting back to pay-per-view. So, we're all going back to cable mm-hmm. and we're all going back <laughs> to pay-per-view. They don't care that 50 people are going to be in a room because they're just going to jack the price up so crazy. Unreal. It's, it's all about the commercial inventory cost versus the direct-to-consumer cost. Once they figure that out and they can make the move, they will. That's that's why ESPN's going direct-to-consumer to on its own independent of the thing we talked about last week, which is with all the networks getting together for linear television channels. It's it's all changing. In the next five years, the way we consume every major sporting event is going to be fundamentally different than we're doing right now.
1: So the college football playoffs current contract with ESPN is set to run through 2025-2026. And obviously you have to have unanimous support for changes after a four-person subcommittee recommended the new 12-team format in June of 2021. took more than two years of stop and start negotiations amidst conference realignment to get the unanimous approval from the college football playoff board of managers, the group of presidents and chancellors who oversee the organization. The board originally approved a model that included the six highest-ranked conference champions and the six highest-ranked at-large teams. The impending departure of 10 teams from the Pac-12 has led to a push to tweak that model, which will be a 5-plus-7 model. But the board of managers has not yet approved it as of right now. Uh, I do think, from what I've read, it seems as if that is going to happen, the 5-plus-7 model, meaning the five uh, conference champions and, the, and then the other sub, you know, the seven highest-ranked uh of the lesser conferences, I guess is what they're looking at. So we'll see.
2: My number one hope um, is that what they have currently for playoff games and stadiums will remain. Doesn't go no away. Agreed. And, and they don't, they don't neutral site this thing top to bottom. Please don't. We want home games for the first round of the playoffs.
1: One week from tomorrow, we'll be able to have the first set of probables on the Jeff Cameron show. How about that? That will be, of course, for spring training baseball, but we do it there, too, just because you never know when you got to see your guy. Are they stretching him out? What's going on? Uh, good work out of you, Tommy. Great show today. A lot of fun. Good work out of you, too, as well, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Uh, happy Balls McWednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. If you celebrate it, be good. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.